It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, everybody? It's Talk LP Podcast time. I'm Amber Bradley, your host here with my trusty co-host, Sean Foley, Senior Vice President of Enterprise Security for Interface. What's up, Sean? Great to be here, Amber. All right, we are super stoked that Interface sponsoring this episode actually brought us two amazing folks to get their insight on lots of things. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First, Lou, then we'll go to Chris. Lou, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Hi, Amber. Hi, Sean. Uh, Lou Burke with El Pollo Loco, uh, Senior Safety and Loss Prevention Manager. So that's a fancy word for in charge of safety and security for the company. And I've been there uh, almost uh, 16 and a half years. So yeah, so no rookie, no rookie there. Welcome to the podcast, Lou. All right, Chris, you're up. Chris Magania, Senior Asset Protection Safety uh, Manager for WKS Restaurant Group. Uh, we own and operate five different concepts, a uh, total of 385 restaurants from both QSR and Small Diner. So i uh, been with WKS now for about uh, three years in February. So super excited to be here. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, all those concepts, that's not complicated at all. <laughs> no, I stumble on those every single time I try and announce I'm not going to ask you to name them all. I, that's, you know, that's why us. I keep it in, yeah. <laughs> if you want to know, Google WKS Restaurant Group. It is a phenomenal franchisee. Okay, Sean. All right, we're going to tackle these. They've stepped in the hot seat, okay? So, so it's on you. You guys, I know you can handle it, these questions. All right. First, we're going to start with how the pandemic has changed the restaurant security landscape. I know this can go all over the place, so Sean and I are going to throw it at you, but Lou, initial thoughts on how it's changed the restaurant landscape from you. Well, right now, um, I think probably uh, like Elk Poy Local, like a lot of concepts, um, we're short staffed. So staffing is probably one of the biggest issues that we have right now. So we're operating restaurants and we're asking them to do more with less. So that brings up a lot of conflicts that we can have with customers. And I think a lot of that happens from maybe a lack of understanding that we are short staff. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of times going to restaurants and will say, hey, be, be thankful or happy that we are the people that showed up today. We're, and we're very much in the thick of that right now. We're experiencing that. So there can be a lot of conflict with the customers uh, in terms of there can, be, there can be a lack of speed or perception from the, uh, the customer issue that things aren't happening fast enough in the restaurant. And that can lead into those tense moments with customers and they don't understand that, like, hey, we're working as fast as we possibly can. We just don't have enough people here. So we've seen an uptick of some of those conflicts um, at times uh, from the customer base. And so I think with us, it really, for, for, so from a leadership perspective, it's up to us to make sure that we try to help uh, uh, educate the customer as they come in. In the restaurant, and I think from a broader perspective, um, it also talks about you know in terms of we you know we need to have a workplace violence prevention program in place, which OSHA is requiring, and we've been working on it, and it's something that we really have to 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 really step up and put in process to talk about you know with our employees too, because you know when you're dealing with a customer, you you really have to understand that coming from their position too. So I think it's important uh, for you understand what a customer is going through. We try to educate the customer when they come into the, to the restaurant. So we need to make sure that we have that understanding when you're speaking to that customer, you know, not taking the bait if they're angry, 
uh, not making, uh, and, and I think we had, and one of the broadcasts we had earlier this year, first first rule, don't make it worse. Yeah. So, I, so I think we're, we're all kind of trying to huddle around that approach right now when, we're, when we, we have customers that are coming into the restaurant. Yeah, that's really important because the Q in QSR is quick service, right? So, so everyone's still expecting the service level that they had pre-labor shortage, pre-pandemic and all this stuff. They're just happy to be out, but now they want it quick. It is not exactly the case. All right, Chris, over to you for your initial thoughts on this. I think the key word that Lou brought up in this is, is conflict, right? Conflict management. And I think that that's huge for um, all of us in this industry, uh, whether you're in a vendor role or an operator role or in the asset protection and safety role. Um, the, the word that stuck out, like I said, was conflict because it's, it's the protocols that have also changed for everybody, right? The confusion. Are you open? Are you not open? Is it your drive-through that's open? Can I come in and eat? Do I need a mask? Do I not need a mask? When do I need a mask? Why do I need a mask? So our new normalcy has really impacted the business at WKS Restaurant Group is, is really identifying not only the labor issues, but operating hours. How, how do we maintain and manage and staff the buildings in order to keep them open? Um, we saw a uh, tremendous change where we, we thought certain concepts were going to flourish. And uh, we were actually blown out of the water by seeing that we had uh, one of our chains with Krispy Kreme donuts, double, triple, quadruple comping because comfort food, right? These folks wanted this comfort yeah. food and we, we could not... We, we were, our lines were challenging Chick-fil-A and the in and outs. Um, and if any of you guys are on the call, we're excited to have you guys too, but we were just excited to be hanging with you guys, yeah. right? But for us, it, it, it was more about just like, like Lou said, managing emotions, right? These, these folks come in, we're, we're all living it, right? And, and not taking it personal, not making everybody the issue with your own personal beliefs, whether it's about, you know, your medical decisions to vaccinate or not to vaccinate or wear a mask or not wear a mask, but really just trying to lead by example every single day that we were in the restaurants and teach our folks, but teaching them through recognition, right? Recognizing those folks that were showing up every single day that were, were abiding by the protocols. So for us, the biggest challenge, again, just went back to our internal conflict management, which was managing the new, the new normalcy that COVID has brought us, right? Because right when we thought we were at the cusp of leaving that and exiting from that section of the of this pandemic, hit us right back in the face again, right? So um, the more better prepared we were with, with providing our folks with the support, whether that was through PPEs and personal protective equipment, whether that was through uh, regular acknowledgement, it was about reminding our folks that, um, they are to lead by example, lose point. We're not making decisions that are based on, on uh, emotion that we are in the restaurants and we're all kind of going through this together. And um, I think it's made a lot of our folks more appreciative of, of their roles within the company because they're being recognized. Um, but, but I think it's made most of us more patient, especially us in this industry, when we do go out to other restaurants, yeah. when we do go out into the world now. So I think it's just been more of the conflict. And I, I agree with Lou and his points that he brought up as well. Yeah, some good ones in there too. All right, over to you, Sean. Yeah, um, I, I think I, kind of continuing with on, uh, along with the theme that, that Chris brought up of, of conflict, um, we're seeing conflict 
not only within the within our clients' restaurants, but also around them, uh, particularly with folks who have who have really done the hard work of maximizing their their drive-throughs. Um, at Interface, we've seen a huge uptick in requests for for things like our personal protection monitoring solutions, and I think that our fellow integrators in the in the industry have seen the same thing. When something, how, what does an organization like I'm just kicking it back to you here, Lou, like an El Pollo Loco do to what can you do to protect folks, say, working outside during really heavy drive through periods? Um, are you using guards for, for that type of situation ever or or any type of panic device type of monitoring for that purpose? We, we don't have uh, guards specifically in place for that. We do have guards at a, a few number of restaurants that we've identified that do need them that are in, in, in challenging areas. Um, but we do have, I mean, we've experimented with, with different tablets outside to speed up the drive-through. You know, like I, we've all, you know, we've eaten at several concepts. I'm sure you've eaten at In-N-Out and you see them roll up and they've got two tabs there. So we've been experimenting with things like that. Um, but things in terms of protecting our, our uh, employees, making sure that we've got umbrellas out there. So if they're exposed to the sun, probably, uh, I know Amber, probably not a, not a challenge sometimes if it's raining, but in sunny California, we're lucky. So uh, making sure that uh, we, we've got protection so uh, they're, they're not getting exposed to the sun, uh, making sure that they have adequate water. Uh, we have them on a certain period of time that they can be outside, especially when it's hot to protect them over in there. So those are some of the things that you know we put in place, and then we've got specific areas where they can pull in to pick up food. Uh, you know that's just to go to get in and out, and we've tried to, to, to really identify that. Thank goodness for the drive-through, man. I mean, could, could you imagine COVID? You, you know, with if you had a drive-through in the last year and a half, mm, that is it's it's something that we really were focusing on prior to COVID, but when COVID hit. Um, it really helped us nail down our drive to through time and speed because, you know, when you started closing up the lobbies and, and you couldn't come in and dine, um, it was really something that we realized, you know, we've got to get this down and thank God for, you know, our, our, we really did our operations team did a great job with that. Our marketing team did a great job, uh, with, with getting the word out there that the drive through was open. So that's kind of carried over till now. And it's been a huge, uh, game for us. Yeah, that's interesting. So Chris, when, when I know you're kind of split in the fact that you do have some table service and also quick service, but thinking about kind of protecting the organization from, um, you know, the drive-through piece, but also you're talking about curbside. Did you guys do curbside things and, and how did that work? Yeah, we did. So both curbside and, um, you know, kind of piggyback on, on what, uh, what Lou said as well, you know, the other thing that we really focused in on as well was again back to the PPEs right was we were we were developing a uh, a new type of business that we hadn't currently been ever really enrolled in right so making sure outside of you know protecting our folks from the elements but also getting them vested right putting on reflective vests so that our our folks could see them while they were in the uh, you know parking lot or in the drive-through lanes um, partnering with local law enforcement to ensure that we were abiding by flow of traffic so that we could make sure that we were uh, being, you know, the best business partner to, you know, our peer retailers in and around our area as well. Um, that was huge for us. But really in getting into the curbside business, um, we also, 
started working through almost a marketplace as well. So Denny's was our uh, our brand that really, really took a hit as far as, uh, you know, we talk about uh, a restaurant chain that it is solely dependent on its in-house dining, right? No drive-throughs, um, but the curbside business and really uh, ensuring that our folks were, were in the know and operating on all of our uh, online ordering um, partnering with our third-party vendors to make sure that our vendors that were in the particular operating space that we were operating in um, were uh, reflective of the same brand image that we wanted to put out, right? That they were delivering the food when it, you know, hot and warm and fast as well. So we really tried to step out of the box and hold the third-party vendors uh, accountable, uh, but also um, creating a, a market space within Denny's where, um our on-hand food, we almost invited some of our, our local communities in and some of our more rural markets to purchase uh, bread, to, pr- to purchase the eggs, to purchase the milk, the vegetables, things that we had staples on hand at a very low and discounted rate so that at the very least, we were able to manage and control our food costs as well. So we That's were able really to see smart. a really- That's really yeah, smart. We were I able hadn't to see heard that really, before. Yeah, it was a really cool development that we worked through with Denny's corporate on um, in a response to um, you know, not having the element to design that that patio dining, outdoor dining setup um, as quickly as some of the smaller concepts were able to get into. Um, so right out the gates, we were able to really operate in that in that market concept style. And, um, you know, we didn't we didn't hit the food cost line. We didn't hit the loss of sales as bad as we probably could have. Um, and then obviously, as we were able to grow into developing the parking lots into the, the outdoor dining and patio, we were really able to really save the business because that was the one thing that Denny's has versus um, the QSR was large parking lots, right? We were able to put out uh, an entire dining room into the lot and uh, also still be able to feed three to four uh, online ordering or curbside pickups as well. So very beneficial for us at WKS. Man, that's really interesting. All right, I'm throwing it over to you, Sean. Yeah, way to adapt there. That's that's pretty slick. Um, you know, I was just just checking out the, the, the D&D daily the other day and and there was a whole section on the increase in burglaries that have that have uptick during the pandemic, especially recently. I think San Francisco has seen something like a 62% increase in burglaries. And, and it's gotten so bad that they're actually they're actually offering to small businesses up to two thousand dollars in assistance to help recover from burglaries and uh, in certain cases um, vandalism. And I wondered if if you all had seen um, Lou and Chris an uptick in, in burglaries or, uh, or vandalization uh, at, towards the tail end of the pandemic? Um, I've seen a little bit of a slight uptick in burglaries. Um, not too crazy from where we're, we're off. You know, the trend usually, in, you know, summertime, kids are out of school, there's always an uptick during that time. And, we'll, and usually we'll see what happens typically during the holiday season. We always get an uptick uh, during then. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's really good to have a back to the basics mentality uh, w- with your uh, alarm system and, you know, interface is a great partner with that. Um, you know, there's, I've got several redundancies in place. We've got the managers have alarm codes, but we also have interface doing remote arming for us. So if a manager doesn't arm, 
Um, you know, we've had some challenges with that. We've got interface arming for us. Um, and we've got, we've had a really good alarm response with that. So um, I think one of the things too, that's been helpful is also now that we have all IP lines for the restaurant. So we get a quicker, faster response that gets right over to the police department and, and people on the contact list. So um, we have, we have people that will constantly try. That's what they do. But I will tell you, um, no one's been successful getting anything. It's, it's the most you're going to have is that property damage. They're going to break the door. They're going to break the glass. Uh, but they haven't been successful. And, you know, we've put the reminders out about burglary season and, 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 and what can happen and, and, uh, and the reminders of turning the alarm on. And, and we've had challenges too, because we've had turnover in the restaurant. Um, we've had, we don't have as many employees and managers. So we've had a look at outside of the box thinking in terms of we, for us, we've had to use something called a key holder program, which is temporary. Um, something that I necessarily did not want to do, but I had to be flexible and fluid to help support operations. And I understand so we have non-managers at this point that will that might have a key and alarm code to the restaurant. And I am tracking all of those names. So when this program's over, I can delete that, but they can come into the restaurant and arm uh, the restaurant, open it up in the morning and disarm uh, because sometimes management can be short. Um, right. So we're doing that. Uh, and, and again, and the great thing is we, we have the ability to get in there to remote arm. We've got, uh, you know, we've got backup systems with you guys. So if there's systems with the alarm, that aren't working, we're able to get interface. I'm able to, to get repairs in there when I see there's arming issues literally the next day. And, and just a, a follow-up question for you, Chris, because your, your situation in regards to security and alarms in particular is particularly complex because you're a leader in an extremely acquisition-heavy organization. You're constantly picking up new businesses, new stores, new brands, how does that complicate things in terms of the security landscape alarm in particular? So you said a lot of new, 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 right? In these acquisitions, we're acquiring old, old, old equipment. And let me first let you know too, uh, my hat's off to Lou as far as really being a, uh, a, a, a leader in the field of these Berg investigations. Lou has been a great partner. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, um, one, of our, one of our primary brands that we cut our teeth with at WKS is with El Pollo Loco. So uh, we work very, very closely with Lou and his team over at the El Pollo Loco corporate side. Um, and Lou is um, extremely good at identifying, communicating, and also uh, referring, right? So we were put on notice about interface, and uh, we are uh, currently looking at having um, over 300 restaurants fully deployed within the interface platform uh, by October 31st, which puts our entire enterprise outside of our Denny's restaurants, 24-7 operating um, uh, concept, on uh, interface. So uh, yeah, it is difficult. It is difficult to acquire restaurants that have nothing at all. And it's, a, it's, it's just as challenging to acquire restaurants that have existing equipment and panels that are um, force, forcing us into situations where we can't arm, we can't uh, remote arm, we can't even change a code without uh, having to be on site, in person, knocking on the person's door at the other vendors. So, um, you know, in regards to the original question about burglary prevention, um, we are able to 
transition restaurants within uh, a week to a new system. Uh, we've had a flawless and seamless transition process working with Interface. Um, you know, I know it's it sounds like a plug, uh, but I promise it's it's just about the ability for somebody. Right, but it's just about the ability to be working finally with a vendor that is that understands, right? That gets the needs of their of their customer. Um, and this has been a long time coming too. We've been uh, trying to work something out and negotiate our way out of different contracts for quite some time uh, where we unfortunately were locked in and evergreen into some areas, but uh, we have had a significant drop in uh, false alarm fees. We have seen nothing but success when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the fact that we thought we were having burglaries, they were being called to our, our restaurants as burglaries. And it was a piece of POP flopping that sent off the uh, alarm and the police dispatch and the police show up at your restaurant. And then they refuse to come until you pay this astronomical fee. Um, and uh, so now we're paying a fee to the, to the city. We're paying a fee to the law enforcement and uh, we're seeing um, we're, we're losing what my biggest uh, gain with interface, but what, what we were losing was the trust in the, in the faith in the system that an alarm system was there to protect the assets of the company, that it was there to protect the restaurant. And it was also there to protect the restaurant uh, employees in a sense of panic alarms and whatnot. So um, it's nice to finally see the belief system coming back around because uh, Interface truly stands on their, on their, their laurels when it says, you know, they're gonna provide a service for you and it's gonna be from start to finish. And we've really seen that. I think that's huge. I mean, and and I know you wouldn't say it on Talk LP if it wasn't the, the truth, right? Because that's what we're that's what you're in the hot seat truth of Talk LP. So I'm going to ask each of you then, what's the one piece of advice that you would give someone in your position, restaurant or retail, really looking to evaluate security providers that are going to offer this type of of service, right? That you described, Chris, and then also even from the top of this podcast. So we'll first we'll go to Lou and then we'll go to Chris. If you had to give advice, what would it be? Uh, to kind of touch upon what Chris was saying, uh, it, it's cooperation. And I think the, the, when what Chris was really saying too with Interface is that I feel like I have a partner. So it's just, it's not just, hey, El Poy Loco's problem or Lou Burke's problem. It's like, you know, when we've had issues with professional thieves hitting us over the years and we had to make a quick turnaround, hey, we need to move motion detectors. We need we need a special motion detector in here. We need to put processes in place. Interface was right there with us saying, we're, we're with you. We're going we're gonna to get this done. And they did. So they were great partners. And, and that's what ultimately uh, what you want. I felt like they, they understood what I was going through and they would provide additional resources for us. And uh, that's helped get through, you know, to some trying times. You know, we've had three, three different sets of professional burglars come through. And each time we were able to catch them, and each time we got better. So, and then in, in having a company and making sure that that leadership there is able to move when you're ready, when you need to move right away. You know, when, when we need to make decisions and, and, and you, and, and also too, if, if there's something that I'm requesting that I need and it doesn't make sense, I need their leadership and their alarm experts and their, and their command center to say, no, this is why we, we, I would recommend you do this and not this. And you're like, okay, thanks. They, they'll educate you along the way, you'll learn and, but they're able to make those changes. So, and then also as from a, your perspective is this, you also need to know what you want. So you have to understand like, this is what I want. I want my cameras integrated in. 
you want to reduce false alarms. This is what I want, what is, is what I need in there. So, and then you have a policy and the protocol that you want in place. So you're in lockstep with the alarm company. So it's important that you understand what you want as, as well. And that'd probably make it easier on the process, right? Instead of going back and then like, oh, wait, what I really needed was this, right? If you're- yeah, like, that's, hey, this guy doesn't know what he wants. <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, so, so defining and outlining what those uh, key performance indicators are before you kind of start going down the road of implementation. Some good points there. All right, Chris, over to you, your advice. So for me, it would be, uh, to, to lose point to you, it's, but it's also, it's, it's trust, right? It's trust, but verify, right? So for us, it was, um, there's so many vendors that are out there and there's great vendors that are out there that, that do, um, you know, similar types of things. Uh, I'm a firm believer that I have one vendor. I have one vendor for my CCTV and I have one vendor now for my alarm company. And that's because I trust them. They have, uh, they have taken the time to, to, um, partner with, with WKS, partner with myself in order to make us an active part of our own development process with this alarm company. So it's been fluid. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been just as much involvement from myself as it's been from in interface as well. So it allows me the ability to truly be able to speak to this product, to um, the operators in the restaurant, to the field operators, to senior and executive leadership, to lose point about talking about knowing what you really want. That's great, but trusting the trusting the individuals that you're going to work with, right? Um, you know, you don't buy a product anymore just because of the name brand, right? The name brand is built because of the trust that you have and the belief in the product that you're going to wear, that you're going to buy for yourself or your family. It's it's would I, would I, do I trust the individuals that I'm working with? And that's huge because of what I do in my profession as well is, is it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge value that I, that I carry. Um, but I have always trusted the individuals that I've worked with, uh, with the interface. And I also, uh, trust Lou's opinion, right. And my peers. And so when my peers come to me with their success stories and my peers come to me with, with their ability to uh, not only explain in detail what type of services they're, that they're receiving, they're able to sell that product to me as well. Um, trust goes a long way in this business. And I appreciate everything that Interface has been able to do. And we're looking forward to, uh, you know, hopefully continuing to make more acquisitions and not have to uh, worry about old stuff and get right to that new stuff. Well, trust is not easy to get, especially from loss prevention and asset protection people. That is for sure. So that's a huge, that's a huge shout out actually. Natural skeptics. Yes. Yes. They have to be. That's part of their DNA, I think. So Sean, over to you. So um, I would, I'd I'd be interested to, to learn a little bit about what the collaboration is between say, an organization like yours on the one hand, Lou, that is a, a, a brand. Uh, you're a corporation with a brand and, and that's how you're going to market successful, particularly on the West Coast. And then on the other hand, you've got, you've got your world, Chris, which is you're a very large operator of multiple brands. What, what is the type of interaction uh, between, between the two of you? You know, you have an incident, you have a, you have a major security incident 
you're looking for something new, you're just looking at for how to deal with something. Obviously, we've got all of us have our PSA to go to. For, that's that's one place. But how, what's the interaction like with you guys when you're when you're trying to tackle a problem that just newly popped up within your organization that you got to deal with? Well, you know, it's funny because Chris has got Chris has got a really tough job. I mean, he's got multiple concepts and to be able to, to have to maneuver through them because each concept set is going to want to do something different. But it, but I would say that for, for us, you know, safety, security, it's always the core of that is always going to be the same thing. And it's always, and we're going to be able to, to you know, there's probably something that, that, that Chris has, that's already done that I haven't seen or vice versa. So we're like, oh, I've done this. So even just us, you know, talking about, you know, alarms and certain things like that, you know, I've had, I've been doing, you know, this company for a while, it's 16 and a half years, 10 years at my prior company. So I'm able to share some of the things, you know, that I, that I've gone through over those years. And, you know, you, you learn from mistakes as well. And, but just even for, you know, we had a professional burglar hitting us and, you know, and I, and I really needed to get a message out. So one of the first people, you know, and, and I remember, I, I know I sent something to RLPSA and I had a flyer and I sent something over to Chris, you know, cause I know he's got a lot of loss prevention contacts and, and, uh, and, and you send, you get these things out and you get the word out, you know, to make sure, or even when we needed to get smart safes in the restaurant, you know, we talked about different, you know, what smart safe to use, what, what different uh, uh, strength of, of steel should be used on there. So it's just, it's, it's every once in a while, like if one person's already done that, ask that person, then, you know, there's, there's already something in place. So you're always going to learn from that. And Chris has got multiple concepts, uh, you know, and he had a lot of experience prior to this in his former company. So you can ask, you can bounce those questions off there. And, you know, and even now, you know, we're going to probably ha have more challenges with some of the things that we're going to have with some of the new uh, uh, mandates for, for, for vaccines and, and, and testing and all that. So uh, it, it's good to have a resource, you know, like Chris, uh, for sure. I think, I think what it comes down to also is our world is small, right? Our world, our profession, our industry is small, right? So, and, and it and it comes back to again. I I think that at times um, our vendors don't realize how small this world is because I think at times they see RLPSA and they're like, "Man, this is great! It's huge! There's events! There's all these different people that I can reach out to and touch." But I think that vendors have begun to some of the bigger ones have begun to just realize that uh their business is expected and our world has changed to where business is not expected anymore right you've got individuals that are like lou or myself or other leaders in the industry that are that are uh that have racked up quite some time doing this and have had experiences with multiple different uh leadership styles and 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 vendors and whatnot, but it's our, our industry is small. And the, the ones that the vendors that stick around, the vendors that are, are successful are the ones that take the time to be part of our world, right? Not push a product, not sell me a product that I don't need, but be part of my world, be part of the solution and not the problem. And that's the one thing among many that I've learned so far with working with Interface, um, as well as some of my other close vendors, that they are willing to take the time to understand our problems, our concerns, our needs, and furthermore, make recommendations like, hey, 
I understand that you are up against this initial obstacle right now. I have another individual that is our customer that we're working with that has been successful with this. That to me goes further. So my knowing what my issue was, was I needed to rebuild the trust into protecting my assets through having a Berg system, an intrusion system inside, right? The secondary issue that I wanted to do was effectively reduce all of my, uh, all of my false alarm fees. And a representative from an interface was able to successfully point me over and say, did, have you heard what Lou did over at El Pollo Loco? And I'm like, no, had no idea. Didn't even think about it. So not only to Lou's point, do we communicate on a regular basis, but it's sometimes the, the, the nudge from the vendor that says, hey, this is one of our clients. Go talk to them, hear their story. And to me, hearing it from Lou sticks, goes further. Plus Lou's got that ownership with leadership in my company because of his work with one of our primary brands. So it goes further. It's not just a vendor trying to sell the product. It's, hey, here's a success story and this is how you can be great with it. So that would be my two cents on it. That's awesome. All right, guys. So we're wrapping it up here. We have to wrap it up with one question that was not in your prep notes because that's how I roll. That's how we go. <laughs> you see their faces? They're like, oh my God. Okay. It, so I like wrapping it up with this because it's a little unexpected, but so the worst career advice, uh, Sean, you're in this too, because it's a surprise, but the worst career advice that you ever received. Okay. I'll give you, I'm stopping to, I'm going to, I'm stalling right now because this isn't, this is, this, this is the question that wraps it up, right? Or, okay, I'll let you choose. You could go with the worst advice you've ever received or the best advice you ever received. We'll go to you last, Sean, because you stepped in as the co-host. Who wants to go? I think Sean should take that first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's up? Best advice or worst advice? Either one. I'll tell you what. I'll go, I'll go first since Lou put me on the spot. Right? <laughs> nice. Worst advice I ever got for, for, for career advice was I was in, I think I was in my first year of college, I came home and I needed a job for the summer. And my uncle who owned a print shop and he wasn't quite ready to bring me into it yet because he didn't have room, but he would later in the summer. He said, why don't you work for the puzzle manufacturing factory right next to my building? And this was in Plainfield, New Jersey. And so the next thing you know, I'm showing up at like this early 1900s level industrial warehouse as a 19 year old kid actually pressing in like ancient machinery batman puzzles and these little that's awesome garbage puzzles and shrink wrapping them and putting them boxes <laughs> and just praying for the day to end it was awful so and if was, so if you're out there and you are got the advice to go just kill some time at the puzzle manufacturing plant not a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. Do don't do that. So, so no. if you're in LP and the opportunity comes with the whole puzzle manufacturing, don't do it. I think that's a solid. That's now you've rectified the bad advice. See, LP, LP people are 
you need to be very good at solving puzzles. Yes, you not creating have puzzles. To actually make the puzzle. I like that. See, see what you did there? You tied it all together. Lou, wrap yeah. right. over to you. Best so, or worst? I would say for me, or or, or advice or something that I, I you just kind of learned along the way was is don't don't get too comfortable in what you've done, you know, and you want to continue to learn and to grow. And just for and, and I'll give an example of that. The prior company that I was at, I was there for 10 years. And for me, I thought there was something else out there that was different. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to have multi-unit responsibility, not just be at one location like I was. And I had people like, well, stay here, you know, and that they, you know, throw more money at you to stay, uh, you know, don't go, you know, other people like you're crazy, you're leaving, you know, and I wanted to try something. And this was, you know, and I had to go learn an aspect of safety. I did a small part of that at my prior company. And instead of staying comfortable, I just said, you know what? I've done this before. I've already been this. I, I, I can do this. I want to learn something else. I want to do something else. And I went out to take that challenge of having multi-unit responsibility. And, and I dove into it and, it and it worked out instead of just staying back and doing the same thing. And I think I love that, that. it made me much happier. And I was able to meet uh, Sean's current supervisor, you know, uh, Mr. Mike Simmons. And Mike Simmons took a chance on me. And he really, and he, he said, you know what? If you help me with security, uh, he goes, I'll, I'll help train you with safety. And it really worked out. And that really opened my world up. Uh, we talk. love Mike Simmons. Mike Simmons is the bomb. Mike, Mike's awesome. So he was the one that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> we know you're joking. That's good advice. Don't stay comfortable. I love that. All right, Chris, bring it home for us. Wrap it up. Mine was, <clears throat> pardon me. Mine was, uh, you definitely should join here because our company car is a Sebring. That's the worst advice. Like, just to be clear. I was like, wait, wait, what? It's a Sebring? Sebring? It's not sweet in the Sebring. That's awesome. I was like, sold. Sebring. Let's go. Well, look, I really appreciate you guys joining us on the Talk LP Hot Seat and Interface for bringing you both in here and uh, sponsoring this episode. So thank you, everyone. Very enlightening. We appreciate your participation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Amber. Sean. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Sean. Great. Thanks, All right, guys, guys. Don't forget to download the Talk LP News app because it is awesome. The breaking loss prevention news in the palm of your hands. You can always tweet us at Let's Talk LP. Again, thanks, guys. And we will talk at you later. See ya. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.